My name is Josh Alvarez. And I am Liam O'Donnell. And you're listening to episode 98 of Cinepunks. Cinepunks! This is our summer edition! Woo! Woo! Sorry, that was loud. We fully acknowledge that I think the last time we recorded was literally <laughs> exactly a month ago. Yeah, and yeah, And on yeah, that yeah. episode, we were like, we're back on it. We're going to have a new episode we're in two weeks. We're going to do two we're every right month. We're right on top of it. So frequent recording. And it's fully a month and later. Yeah, well, it's not. You know what, though? I kind of feel like this uh, perpetual uh, rise and fall of our schedule is just what people are used to anymore. It's like, oh, this is the portion of the Sinpunks episode where they lament not having recorded. Yeah, I mean, the few... <laughs> people who actually have stuck with us through all this i know andrew welbrock uh josh sprinkle <laughs> uh who else maybe bruce chris, park chris yeah reject maybe chris reject yeah we uh, love you guys man it's all uh, good ryan ratajski from fuzz rocious pedals ryan's a man love that dude just saying yeah but um yeah no i mean you know we're happy to listen listen if you mess with cinepunks on any level you recognize that uh maybe you're gonna get two episodes a month but more likely you're probably gonna get one <laughs> You've just come to accept this pain. Uh, no, I like that every so often we attempt. It's cool. I mean, we did, to be fair, we had an episode scheduled last week or a week and a half ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, had yeah. To, that just through logistical reasons and life happening fell through. Yeah. Hey, what do you I want mean, from but us? But that's the truth with all these things. It was a lot easier when we lived in the same city. True. That, 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 that was a lot easier when was, we though, didn't live two hours apart. That was, though, fully almost five years ago. So yeah, yeah. So we really only had a few months of regular <laughs> recording, and then it all went away. And then somebody, not mentioning any names, but someone you whose name what? rhymes with William, decided to move. I didn't decide <laughs> anything. Right? Oh, oh, so you're admitting. That's cool. Stop yeah, I, I didn't mention any names. Stop it. I was going to say, <laughs> a person whose name happens to rhyme with William Wodonnell. Not saying anyone's <laughs> name. It. Let's just say it doesn't help that you only <laughs> just figured out how a computer works three right, months ago. Right, right, yeah, and only to do this. <laughs> yeah, still can't do anything <laughs> else. Only to do this once a month, maybe. <laughs> but, you know, hey, I got a big monitor. It's nice. Well, I mean, um, I mean, we this is a special one because we made the effort to actually be in the same room. We did. We did. And we, had, we shared a meal today. It was a great week. We shared true. a movie and a meal. It's true. We went and, and you know, had food. I miss us. I had a, a, we so had an asparagus and ramp omelet. What's ramp anyway? You don't know what ramps are. No, but it was great. Buddy, it's fucking ramp season. You got to oh, get into it. I, I ramps, mean, ramps are a kind of rare onion. No. That are very good for you. Oh, yeah. They have like weird antioxidant shits and stuff. And they just taste, they have a weird sweet like Vidalia quality to them. Uh, yeah, I think they're, uh, yeah, it's hard to describe in comparison to other onions. <laughs> they don't look like onions. It's just like leaves. Right. But there's a white stem and it's a very strong flavor. Oh, it's delicious. They're only in season for a little while. Yeah. And uh, and we got it care of one shot. Yes. Cafe. They're kind of rare because you have to like forage them and people tend to over, rather than just take a piece of it, people just rip that shit out of the ground. Yeah. You know? and that's Which of course, yeah, yeah, well then you don't get more. But I don't know what's so hard for folks. Like you don't need the whole plant. Like you don't need the root. Right. You can you just, just cut the leaves off and you'll get all the flavor that you need. Mm. But people just rip that shit out and then they go back and they're like, oh, there's no more in this forest. I don't know what happened. <laughs> but they are the sort of plant that grows everywhere. So like we found some like in our backyard. No way. I was like, yo, fucking ramps. But they were like, mm, not that great. So oh. they, well. he, you can judge ramps by the strength of their smell. You can, once you know what the smell is, you can smell them. That's how people forage for them. It's they like right. smell them. Yeah, find them that way. So they're very good. I mean, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, 
y'all know this, with the advent <laughs> of food TV, right? all kinds of weird food knowledge just sort of out and about. And when we lived in Philly, there was uh, this place called Green Owl Grocery that I worked at for a little bit. Right. And they would have ramp butter. And I was like, what the fuck is ramp butter? And they're and like, oh, you know, you ramps, whatever. So we bought, we, we still didn't buy ramps. This so is how you came to your wealth of ramp knowledge. Well, so we took that butter home. That butter was my fucking, <laughs> oh, it's so fucking good. I mean, I think cooking with ramps is complicated. But if yeah. you buy something that has ramps in it so you don't have to do any of the work, I highly recommend You're it. You're all in. Yeah, that's what it is. I mean, I have cooked with them, but I don't. You know, I made like a chimichurri with it. That's not like I don't know. That doesn't. That's not really useful in my life. It's like cool. This one steak is good. I guess I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty cool steak. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty yummy. I guess I don't know. It's Man. just not. That. I don't I, can we talk about the fact that you make your own chimichurri for fucking steak? I that did it because I dope. bought fucking ramps, and then I had to look up on though. the internet and go, "What the fuck do you do with ramps?" I'm not making ramp butter, which is <laughs> what I primarily know them for. See, this is the thing. People should know this in relationship. This is. This seems like an aside. Right. This isn't related to our podcast. No. It is. Keep it in, Jacob. Keep it in. Here's how it's related to the podcast. Okay. I'm the dude who would be like, oh, ramps. I know those are good. I'll purchase them. Oh, now I've purchased ramps. What the fuck do I do with these? (laughs) I'll read a bunch of articles. Well, I've learned a lot about ramps, but I still don't know what to do with them. I'll just make a one-time garnish that's only good for (laughs) one kind of meat, and then I'll also overcook it so it's not even as good as it should be. That is the essence of our podcast. That is genius. Yeah, that is truly. It's the chef to our Iron Man. I like it. It's good. <laughs> That's a deep cut. That's a deep cut. It's a very deep cut. It's good, though. It's a good cut. It's a good cut. But as hey, we begin every hey, episode. What, what, ep- what episode is this, by I the way? I said episode 98. Did you? I yeah, pay it. attention. I pay sorry. attention. You got to stay on board. I'll, I stayed I'll get on you. your board. But I'm just saying. I put your mom on my board. <laughs> my vision board? She's on my vision board. I don't even understand. <laughs> Cipriani Alvarez is a saint, Liam. You leave her alone. <laughs> you leave her off of your vision board, sir. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we wanted to start by thanking all of our Patreon subscribers and thanking all the people that have followed us through the thick and the thin, as we had mentioned earlier. There are, there are, we have multiple Ryans, which I just find funny. <laughs> so I just want to thank the Ryans. I want to thank... All the Ryans. You know, I want to thank Josh Sprinkle. I want to thank, uh, you know, Grace Kim and Bruce Park. Yeah. And, uh uh, Adriana and lots of people on there who give us the monies who we love and um, uh, and give us the time, give us the time to even listen to us ramble on incessantly yeah, and listen crazy. to Liam fart into a microphone, yeah, both literally I, and figuratively. I, I didn't think the fart I'm just was going to make it all. onto the I'm just episode. Saying, that's what happened. You just took off. Look, man, I'm Mike not writing shit. anything. You just took I'm actually off. just holding up a mirror to society. <laughs> you baby. just took off podcast shit and brought it onto <laughs> the podcast. They didn't know about the mic fart. That was just for Jacob. <laughs> Jacob, cut all of this out. Everything. <laughs> I want this episode just to be us saying "Welcome to Cinepunks" and <laughs> nothing else. Um, <laughs> hey, thanks for the Patreon. We're really trying to get some new Patreon exclusive content to y'all. Uh, we might have some reviews. We're gonna see how today goes. We're gonna try to record some extra stuff. But yeah, uh, if it's not today, we'll do it soon. Um, I know I keep saying that, but I promise. Also, some of you have T-shirts coming and. Uh, don't no one tell my partner in rough cut, <laughs> but I'll uh, if I can I'll try to include uh, rough cut shirts as an option for the for Patreon the Patreon people. subscribers. Thank you so, so much. So if there's something you wanted from rough cut, just let me know and I'll I'll get that to you. Um, again, they're not officially connected, but you know Justin doesn't listen to the show, so <laughs> what do you don't he know? Still, can't he hurt Justin him. still knows me as the guy who does a lot of bands. Ha <laughs> <laughs> <Stop. laughs> ha! I'm into it though. I'm into it. It's fine. Okay. Okay. Uh, Sorry. We also want to thank our 
official sponsor. Official. Uh, Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. XLVACX.com. Uh, granted, you know, I don't know what they do for us at this point, but um, <laughs> they did print a bunch of shirts for us recently. Um, we'll try to get them on the store soon. Basically, they had a really cool sale, and I, I don't bring it up just to say you should buy shirts and Cinepunks. I bring it up to talk about uh, if you're following LVAC on various social medias, you see that occasionally they have sales. And this time they had a bunch of uh, extra shirts from orders, and they offered shirts at incredibly low price. Uh, with Trash Inc. And so we got a bunch of shirts for like a uh, hundred bucks. And so um, not only can you get, you know, the high end stuff you really need. If, if you're looking for a deal, they have deals. They have their Trash Inc. special. So uh, one of the first Cinepunks, or one of the first Crosskeys t-shirts were printed at LVAC. And yeah. it was our picture of um, Tallulah Bankhead. And right. uh, we got it on a trashing special as well. And uh, Andrew Welbrock, bass player extraordinaire, uh, has decided to call it Thrash Inc. Mm. and uh, I fully back that. Yeah, I back so that Chris, as well. if you're if you're if you're looking for a horse to bet on, why don't you try this one for size? Thrash Inc. Boom. You're welcome. You can you can have that too, Chris. You can have that. <laughs> I'm sure in like a month when he finally listens. To this I know. Episode. I'm sure he's never gonna listen to it. No, one's no, no, no. It. He will, really but fun. it'll be like a while. It'll be like no, that's good. <laughs> Thrashing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're welcome. <coughs> uh, also, there's a. We also have a new sponsor. Actually, um, I would like to give a shout out to Mike McTurnan and the Finery, which is uh, oh. located. Oh, this is because he's, he's he's taking care of your tats, huh? He is taking care of. So the Finery is a place where you can blast the past. Stop, in that you can get stop. your tattoos lasered and removed. Um, Blast the Past is very good. Yeah, no, that's what they that that was me. That was all Mike. No, I'm so, saying that. <laughs> Blast the Past. I will tell you, as a person who has received two treatments now in terms of tattoo removal, it's the fucking worst. What's it look like? Can I see? Yeah, it's right there. This guy. <laughs> Man, see, yeah. it's it doesn't help that the thing you're having blasted from your past is just a black box that it's is It's a unfinished. solid black yeah, box. Yeah, 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 yeah. It fucking sucks. But here's the thing, though. It's funny to me, like, to think if I was not Mike's friend, if I was just a dude that's like, yo, I'm going to get this lasered, uh -huh. and I walk into an unassuming storefront at 3rd and Market on South 3rd Street, yeah. just south of Market, and the singer from Damnation AD is there, and he's going to remove tattoos from my arm, I think that's funny. But... Mm. Um, if you go to uh, the finery and you mention that Cinepunks has sent you, they will take fifty percent off your first treatment. Whoa! So um, yeah, yo, somebody do that. That's so cool. Yeah, it's so sick, and it's funny too because uh, the the sponsorship came about a because Mike is my friend, but b because Crosskey is. You'll be knowing eventually the new record's going to come out, and there's a song on there that is my indictment of Morrissey, and like you know, it's a shunning of like a love for Morrissey that I've har harbored for literally most of my life, mm -hmm. and uh, part of it is when when we play the song live, I talk about you know you can get your tattoos removed, it'll be fine, and uh, so Mike was like, hey, maybe you should tell people to get their tattoos removed at the finery for their Morrissey tattoos, <laughs> and so yeah, Crosskeys was like the first, and I was like, oh, sick. So now if you go there, you mention either Crosskeys or Cinepunks, you'll get fifty percent off your first treatment. That's so really cool. The finery, you can go check out. Um, I think it's. Uh, I actually don't know what the website is. We'll link it in the in the hyperlinks on the show notes. And uh, big ups to Mike McTernan for uh, for that. 
can't decide if it's not punk or extremely punk that we're like recommending a tattoo removal place. <laughs> I kind of almost think it's like extremely our age punk. Yeah, like, it's look, so mid forties punk. We all know you have something you regret. <laughs> Go get that shit blasted. <laughs> the funniest thing about it is I'm not getting it blasted for any like oh I just want to be a little bit like less shitty looking. I'm like no I want more shitty looking tattoos where this big shitty looking tattoo is and I need to <laughs> remove this one That's in order right. to get those. Yeah, so, yep, Finery, uh, third of market, and that is through, uh, yeah, the Tell Them Cinepunk sent you. Sponsor, official sponsor. We're getting cards, Liam. They're going to give us cards with a QR code on it. It's going to be great. But anyway, that's not that's look, not here nor there. Look, yeah, I, I know. Gonna, am I going to get a coffee out of this? That's all I care It's about. a distinct possibility. Jesus Christ. <laughs> then I'm in. Then I'm fucking in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think that's good. Are we good for... I think I just farted, but yes. Man, you couldn't tell. I didn't do it on the microphone again. I know. Okay, so moving on. I think it's time. Time for what? Time for that time. <laughs> I thought you were going to do it. I almost, I almost, sh- I almost jumped the It's time for again. our world-renowned... <laughs> Stop, I hate you. <laughs> internationally respected. Yep. Locally sourced... Often, often uh, copied but never duplicated. Never, truly imitated. Wow! Oh, God, I hate you so oh, much. Oh, it's so good. The fake out. Yeah, you just right. faked me out. And I hate it. <laughs> That's what today. Today is just Josh fucking with me. It's true. Sense. It's what it is. It's what it is. Okay. Okay. So now's our whacking on track section, wherein we uh, discuss things that have happened recently that are whack, or that are on track. Liam, would you like to go first? No, you go first. All right, cool, because I did a lot of awesome shit. You did so much good I stuff. I did. Dude, it's been a month since we recorded, listeners, and you know me and Melania are always on the go. Your boy just went to and stayed for a week in Los Angeles, California. That shit was mad tight. Big up City to of Angels. Yo, man, I uh, got to hang out with my former bandmate, uh, Kami Shibata, and uh, Clint. And uh, I love you guys so much. Thank you guys for taking us out to L.A. and uh, showing us a good time in Disneyland. We had a really good time. We all, the four of us, and uh, our other friend of the show, DJ, we went to the Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland. We managed to procure reservations to be one of the first couple people to get in a week after it had opened. And um, It's crazy. I got to do a hard style in front of both Darth Vader and uh, Chewbacca. And I also got to... It, f- it looked like a lot of photo ops. What, oh, my what, God, what, so many photo ops. What were you doing besides photo ops? In the Galaxy's Edge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We flew the Millennium Falcon. Holy shit. Yeah. It was a dip. Dude, it was so great. Like, the the you, you got to get a flight team. There's six of you. There are two people that pilot, two people that shoot the guns, and then there's two engineers that have to shoot a cable. And the whole thing is like this virtual reality 360 immersive experience, and you're in the cockpit, and you go into hyperspace. It's so great. It's truly one of the most wonderful things that I've ever done. Um, Super-duper fun. And just uh, on an emotional tip, like, just getting together with Melani, like, I don't know if you know, listeners, Melani and I have Star Wars-themed wedding rings. Hers says, I love you. Mine says, I know. Uh, we, we love the whole Star Wars thing. I'm sure if you listen to Punks, you know that. But, um, man, it was just super, super duper fun and super cathartic. We also actually got to go to a pop-up museum installment called I Like Scary Movies. Have you oh, heard, I've about heard about this? I've seen pictures on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Melani and I, that was, like, one of the things we did on the first day we got to L.A., and uh, it was super fun. It was just like a bunch of weird dioramas made up to look like The Shining and like It and like uh, 
um, Beetlejuice, and uh, there was oh, the Lost Boys. It was and Nightmare on Elm Street. It was really really fun. We got a bunch of pictures there. Uh, we also managed to go to the new Beverly Theater and catch a screening of Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, an original uh, IB Technicolor 35 millimeter print, an original print. So that was really fun. Um, we got to go to the ArcLight Theater where we saw Godzilla, and it was very loud. It was really fun too. Um, but the main thing that, that we did that I will take with me forever is that Melani and I, through our friends Ed Walker and Jamie, they got us to go to the Magic Castle. I don't know if, if, if you guys know about that. Magic Castle. The coolest. It is an invitation only. Uh, you have to be invited either by a magician who's a member of the Society of American Magicians or you have to be a magician yourself uh, to get into this exclusive formal, like, it's a house that got converted into like a show space for people doing magic. And it was awesome. It was so cool. I saw a bunch of magicians doing card tricks. There was one magician named Hannibal that was doing these table tricks for just the four of us. And it was so cool. Like, it was just one of the coolest things. Like, it felt so rad. And we had to dress up. And I wore a barong. I looked really good. I looked like a mystical Filipino. So, you know. Arguably, did, did you do I, any traditional Filipino mag no, magic? The funny thing is, when I first got the barong, it was when Gio got married, and yeah. I was fifty-eight pounds heavier. So now it looks like a, a dress on me. But I was counting on their ignorance of Filipino formal wear to make me be able to be like, "Oh no, 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 no! It's supposed to look kind of like a dress. Let me in, please." And then I did. So it was cool. I didn't. Uh, the conversation didn't actually end up happening. But still, you have to say like magic words to an owl on a shelf, and then a door opens up, and then there's all glamorous people inside watching magicians just do magic. And there was like a dinner in there and we had dinner and it was so cool i definitely had some prime rib it was dope um but yeah 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 i want to shout out is, to Hannibal. Is, is prime rib on the the magicians love that shit turns out all right i didn't know there was also a bunch of dudes in like floral sport coats <laughs> oh <my laughs> like God. doing there was it was the weirdest mix of people they're like the young magicians that were wearing like slim fit levi's and like you know tank tops and stuff and then there were the old school magicians that were walking around in like smoking jackets with ascots on and it was just it was super cool you're not allowed to take pictures in there they, they get mad at you if you pull your phone out the bartenders were doing magic tricks in between serving drinks to people it was so cool i mean i don't know like i don't i don't know what kind of traffic they get given that like the the real restrictive method by which you can get invited to it or you can get in gain entry mm -hmm. but if you have a chance if you know a magician I suggest you make friends with them and ask them to take you <laughs> in there because, yeah, I, it was I, so I, cool. I feel like a lot of people think this is the corniest thing ever. And yeah. I love that you're like, no, it's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> Everyone is wrong. <laughs> it is so great. I'm 100%. I, I think magicians are great. I like, I get why people think it's lame. Like, I totally understand. Yeah. But I just still think it's really cool. It's so great, dude. It was so good. And the funniest thing is that, so. This this one magician whose name is Hannibal, mm -hmm. he did. We managed to catch two of his sets, and each time he infused it with storytelling. And he called his deck of cards his craft, his instrument. And he was just like, "Well, I know my instrument really well." And he had a very insightful. I know my instrument really well. <laughs> <laughs> you should, Jacob, totally edit in the sound of Liam farting into a microphone <laughs> right there. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it was really it was it was he was just he showed how magic can be the art form that it is like he elevated it to sure. a point where i was like yo that is the coolest thing I've yeah, seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so it was it was super duper fun and uh that was way on track and um 
Also on track, uh, we saw, like I said, we saw Godzilla. I don't know if you've seen Godzilla yet. I don't know if we talked about it on the show. I no, no, of course we have. We, I, come on. We recorded over oh, a month ago. Oh, we did. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So Basically, any movies you've seen since John Wick. <laughs> we haven't talked. The last episode we recorded, we, we talked, talked about, about John, John Wick, Wick 3. 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't even know what I saw. I saw that, Godzilla. Well, you've seen oh, and Godzilla. Ma. You've Ma. seen Ma. You've seen Dead Don't Die. You Dead s- Don't Die. Oh, Why don't man. you talk about some of the... Since we're sending you to these movies, yeah. maybe you should talk about them on our movie podcast. Yeah, maybe I should mention them on this podcast that's dedicated to you gotta movies. You've got to give a few minutes to each of these movies right now. All right, so full couple re- movies full uh, full truncated review. The funniest right thing now. is, okay, so the Godzilla screener was actually in the same theater as the Ma screener, and there was like five minutes between the two of them. So, me and uh, you just did a. That's the weirdest double feature ever. By it way. was super fun double feature though, because I got to see him both with a friend of the show, Dan Scully and Jenna Kersey, like the Dan who does I Like to Movie Movie podcast, and uh, it was a fun double feature. But also, I got to watch uh, Godzilla with Bruce Park. And then uh, I saw Ma with John Wren and Melani, and so like it was just a fun day of movie watching with friends. Um, my quick reviews are follows: Godzilla, King of the Monsters is uh, it is enough homage to Godzilla Maniacs, yeah. to Kaiju Maniacs. Yeah, like um, it's a super fun movie. It definitely follows the the whole archetype though of like of like weirdly earnest character development but then really the centerpiece is just big ass monsters fighting big ass monsters sure. i loved it i thought it was really fun there's actually uh like weird odds so like the mothra twins in there there's like yeah. uh, like just odd like little easter eggs um it, it's super fun i i did manage to see it twice because again it was one of the movies that we saw in la because i told milani that we have to see a movie at the arc light like that was right. like one of the things understandable so that was a movie that we saw there and um it's 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 super fun. It's just like a fun kaiju monster movie. It ties it into the whole Kong Skull Island um, mm-hmm. universe and all those other, like, they're all going to come together and it's going to be interesting. I mean, they've already announced King Kong versus Godzilla. So. Oh, man. I'm so pumped on that, too. But uh, yeah, super. I definitely would suggest that if you do see this movie, see it on the biggest screen that you can because mm-hmm. it's super duper fun. Ma, uh, I loved Ma at the time that I saw it. As I get away from it, I still think I enjoyed it. I don't know if I loved it as much as I did, just because mm-hmm. of weird comments that have come out afterwards. But overall, Ma is uh, starring Octavia Spencer. It is a story about these like young kids that um, ask this lady to buy them liquor at a at a liquor store, and she's like, "Why don't you come to my house and drink it?" And then they all start hanging out at her house, and then it turns into a weird like exploitation kind of movie. Where I mean, the thing I've heard is that. Octavia Spencer's good. Oh, she's great. That's a thing. And she's that, lovely. In and this that movie. maybe the same concept, written, directed, whatever, with uh, black people mm-hmm. might have had a different view because the feeling was like, not that the idea was bad, but that the way the movie plays out is just a little uncomfortable. Like, well, but that's a thing. Like, I can imagine people thinking that if they are not people of color that grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood it sure, is sure, sure, sure. it's a movie that feels very directed at people like me who um you know like it's like the weird i i when i've described it to people who haven't seen it and they're like what's it like i was like dude it's like every suburban soccer mom's nightmare that like you know there's this one black lady over there who lets all the kids come to her house and drink and that's like the like the crux of like the weird suspenseful terror in this movie um i really really enjoyed it uh, until like all like the weird stuff with the director being like, oh, we didn't even think about race when we put this together. And it's like, yeah, how that's could stup- you not? That's, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's just so frustrating. That's the thing that frustrated me the most with this movie because to me, 
as a person of color that you know knows what it's like to live in a, right. in a place where you're not like the ubiquitous norm yeah, yeah, yeah. it was very uh it, it it felt very um very poignant in that you know what i mean and and i now that i hear like all like the weird stuff from the director and all this other stuff it just made me feel like maybe i'm just grasping at ghosts on this one but for me i thought it was really fun i i enjoyed like the it, it just felt like like gritty you know what i mean it felt yeah. like a weird grimy exploitation movie yeah, 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 but um I, I enjoyed it i mean i still would recommend it i still think uh it's worth seeing um so i saw that and then i managed to see the new jim jarmusch movie the dead don't die sure i really really love that movie. yeah um the funny thing is i saw it on one of the first screeners that they had at uh ritz east and uh, I saw it with friend of the show Evo and Milani and uh, Scully and Garrett were there from I like to move a movie like yeah. all the homies were in the house and it was fun and we watched it and uh, after the movie we all were like yo that was so much fun and then a second screening opportunity came with that movie but with Jim Jarmusch in attendance doing Q and A afterwards yeah, now yeah, yeah, yeah. longtime Cinepunks listeners will know I hate Q and As with the director because sure. it ends up being a horrible showcase of the worst kind of movie nerds you know yeah, what I mean yeah, like yeah, it just yeah, ends yeah. up being like. These like just shitty people being like, oh, well, I've seen all your movies. And since I'm a huge fan of everything that you've done and just like weird, like personal showing, a, yeah, yeah. showing off a little bit or asking really hostile. Yeah. Really like, like what was this supposed to mean? I, uh, the worst is when I did a I went to a screener for uh, Martha Marcy May Marlene and the director. No, we were a, there. Yeah, you were with and the, me. And the person asked what happens immediately after the movie. Ends. Yeah. You're like, wait a minute. Is this even real life anymore? <laughs> like, who are you? That's so funny because that's where my mind went immediately too, and I was like, I think we've told that story before, but it's so <laughs> it's good, such a brutal story. It uh. was like literally like an old white lady just being like, "So what happens after the credits roll?" It's like, oh you know boy, the, end of the movie and it goes <laughs> black. <laughs> yeah, it's the end of the movie. Yeah, what happens immediately after that? Oh, sweet baby Jesus, Jesus Christ. So, um, but the funny thing is, uh, I was in the theater waiting for the movie to start, waiting for Milani, and. Um, when Melani got there, so did Mr. Jim Jarmusch. He was walking oh. right by me. And uh, I was talking to Sean Porter, friend of the show, and Jim Jarmusch walks by, and I was like, oh, shit, Jim Jarmusch. So I went up to him, and I was like, hey, man, can't wait to see the movie again. And he was like, wait, you've seen The Dead Don't Die already? And I was like, yeah, I saw it at a press screener last week, and I really, really enjoyed it. Then when I heard that you were doing this one, I signed up for this one as well. And he was like, we have to have a conversation after this movie, so you could tell me what you thought the second time you saw it. So we watched the movie, and then it was an amazing Q and A, and it was yeah, super yeah, fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, yeah, Garrett had some good questions, and it was just it was a good time. Andy Elijah was there, and it was it was just really fun. And then afterwards, I went up to Jim Jarmusch when he was walking out, and I was like, "Hey, man, just want you to know, Jim, just as good the second time around, if not better." And he was like, "Oh, thank you," and he gave me a hug. That's nice. It was really really fun. It was super fun. So the movie, for those of you who don't know, it's Jim Jarmusch's version of a zombie movie, which is um. It's kind of a comedy. I, I I mean, it's still a comedy for sure. It's not a horror movie, but uh, yeah. it also has like weird moments of nascent poignancy. So it has like these like there's one scene where the RZA has like this. He drops this like line, and Jim Jarmusch in the Q and A was like, "That's me in this movie. That is exactly how I feel about the world in this movie." And like the movie, definitely, it's uh, Bill Murray is in it. Adam Driver, um, Chloe Sevigny, um just a bunch of there's it's a huge cast huge cast and it's uh, basically the small town like some there's some ecological stuff going on that makes like all the stuff weird and then all of a sudden the zombies come and 
Bill Murray, Bill Murray fies him. You know, it's, sure, sure. It's a, it's super fun. It's a really fun movie. It's um very it's it's definitely self aware in in certain parts, and it's I really enjoyed it. I would suggest seeing it. Um, it's just really really fun. Sure. And uh, yeah, that's what I got on. Oh, and then today we saw the last black man in San Francisco. Well, I was just gonna ask. Well, the other thing we didn't talk about, but I think we're gonna talk about it during the episode. Yeah. Is uh, Booksmart. Oh yeah is, yeah yeah. By the way. Basically, my only on track, uh, <laughs> but we'll get to my section in a sec. But the other on track that we did, we, we saw uh, Last Black Band in San Francisco. Uh, we're going to talk about it a little bit now. The hope is that we're going to do a full review for Patreon. So if you're not on Patreon, you're missing out. Now, if you <laughs> are on Patreon and then it didn't happen, apologies. <laughs> but the plan is we're going to do it. If we don't do it now, if we don't do it now, we'll do it later remotely. It's yeah, not going to take that yeah, long. So no. I think it'll be good. But um, just so y'all know, uh, for those of you who don't know, this is a movie that people have been working on it for a while in San Francisco. There was Kickstarter. It's it's a very from the grassroots movie. Right, right, um, right. There's been and you can tell when you watch it. It's yes. very of the people kind of movie. Yes. And it's it's there's been fundraisers for it in San Francisco. Friends who I know who live there have been paying attention to its development for a while. And it's very much a film set within the uh vast gentrification of San Francisco. Right, but that's not the point of the movie. No, and and, and, and we both wanted to say that kind of up front. Uh, it's worth knowing going into it. I keep reading these reviews that are like, shines a light on gentrification. Oh, boy. Exploring yeah, it's gentrification. It's so frustratingly skin deep if that's what you come away from yeah, that movie Yeah, this with. is a very per- beautiful... Uh, okay, so let's just say, we both love this movie. It was wonderful. It it's, was so good. It is beautiful to look at. It's beautiful emotionally in the story it tells. I've heard people talk about it being somewhat uneven. I don't think that's true. I think it is. It has a kind of melancholy humor. Right. It's funny. Parts of it are very funny. It's funny. But it's a no movie? funny part of it removes the sadness of the film or the seriousness of the sentiment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's a movie that is rooted in the concept of uh, multifacetedness. Yes, one hundred percent. It is so poetic in its expression of that. Which is the perfect actual juxtaposition, right? The poetry of the movie mixed with the actual social commentary of the movie. It's the perfect... Oh, my goodness. And it's there. It is within the context of gentrification. So I don't want to say that's not part of the movie. But... um you know, I think. The I mean, I don't know the. Not f- about I, gentrification. Yeah, I don't know the filmmakers, so I don't know what their intention was. But um, if you go into this movie expecting insightful discussion of the situation <laughs> in San Francisco, or you know, gentrification is very much a race issue. Uh, you know, with the history of redlining and all that stuff, that's not what's happening here. If you're looking for that, you're going to be disappointed. If yeah. what you want is a beautiful, artful film that tells a personal story, but it's a personal story about a relationship with a city. So it has impact on the community, but it's also about people relating to their community. We're going to get into it on that Patreon, John. So (laughs) hopefully you'll you'll jump on Patreon. But I just wanted to say, it's you know this is a press screener so as yeah. press we just want to let you know shit's good you should go see yo it. it is way on track it is so fucking good there's awesome cameos from skate people yeah and other day one song stuff. is in this movie the one thing I want to say too on this side of the paywall and then you'll hear more of our insights on the other side of the paywall is that no one that I've seen so far has fucking name checked Joe Biafra <laughs> Joe Biafra has a fucking hilarious in my amazing mind cameo hilarious in cameo in this movie yeah. and I think a lot of people just either they don't know who he is or they don't think it matters but to me having 
the shitty ass tour guide be Joe Biafra <laughs> is a San Francisco decision that I fully support. Not only is he a shitty ass tour guide, he's a Segway tour guide. Yeah. It's so oh, it's funny. So good. It's so oh my good. god, it's, it's so, so genius. So yeah, I mean, uh, it, there's lots of humor, but it's also a very serious emotional movie, yeah, very lyric movie. And big ups to you know the the star of the movie co-wrote it. This is the first time directing for the director, and it's beautiful. And uh, the the co-star of the film, I think should get an oscar he's unbelievable it is so good so we'll say more on another recording but i I think we both wanted to let you know because we just saw it today you need to go see this movie if you can like yeah go out of your way to see it for sure uh Um, the only whack thing that i have actually is the weather when i got home from la yeah sure of course okay that's it uh whacking on track for me the only thing i've done really like i've just y'all uh my life has been crazy lately uh i was subbing and then as soon as subbing was over, I had to try to find a summer job, of which I still don't have. <laughs> if anyone has any hookups, let me know. How um, your boys? I'd love to do some remote writing for people for money, but I know that gig is hard to find. Uh, but just something, you know, would be cool. Uh, but uh, the only other thing, you know, we went and saw me and me and the wife made a special effort to go see Booksmart, and we're going to uh, talk about that so on the good. episode. Uh, but um, the one thing I did also want to bring up is I, I went with – uh, my co-host of Hard Business, uh, Justin Lore, we went to Zombie Fest at the Mahoning. At the Mahoning, uh, yes. met up with uh, a few different people there, uh, in- including Jay Frankett, who is a Lehigh Valley person who I, you know, I know, but I don't like know know that well. So it's cool to get to talk to him a little bit more and get to know him a little bit, just a little <laughs> bit better. Uh, and then also. Uh, my man Brian Christopher, uh, who people might know, he writes for Daily Dead. I met him. Uh, me and Justin both met him at uh, VHS Fest last year, uh, and he's just kept up with us over Twitter. And he was coming up for that, so we met up with him. And he's a cool dude. He's actually like a a Philly area gentleman, but uh, but just hasn't really come out that much. If you're in the Philly area and you're into horror, like you, you go, to to go to Zoom stuff. Yeah, why and would he you just, not? Well, I don't. I don't know. He just has it. He just has it. You yeah, know, that's weird. It's just interesting to see too, because he's a horror writer, uh, and he covers a lot of stuff. But he isn't one of he isn't someone like us that has a huge like back catalog. Like I feel like he's more kept up with newer stuff or like mm. low budget stuff or whatever. But I don't know. I I don't want to throw anything on him. All I'm saying is. It was funny when I met him because I assumed he must be from far away because I never saw him in Exhum thing. I just assume every horror nerd goes to Exhum <laughs> stuff, and that's just not true. Some people don't go to Exhum stuff. Yeah, so it no, is what I it get is. It. If you do go to Exhum stuff, so say hi to us. We'll probably, you know, always be there. Yeah, that's that's just our high thing, five. man. That's where uh, we live. And that's about it. Whack is just being broke, not not really having much uh, as far as whatever. I gotta say, on track. Um, you all know I've also been doing the flight stuff that's been going really well. Yes. Um, we have my co-host of the flight stuff, Adriana Gober, is going to be the next guest on Horror Business, and we're covering some fun uh, queer films that I think will be cool to talk about, so that's also great. Uh, and then um, me and Doug Tilly have uh, picked what we're transitioning to when Eric Roberts ends. Oh, yeah? We only have a f- three more episodes of Eric Roberts' The Fucking Man. And I don't want to ruin it for y'all, but I'll just let you know. It's going to be good. <laughs> What's the world going to do without Eric Roberts as the fucking man? Well, we'll still do it occasionally. It's oh, just okay, we, cool. we just can't commit to doing it all. It's just too much. It's a lot. But that's what <sighs> makes it such a glorious undertaking. No, it's no longer glorious. All the glory <laughs> has left. No offense. I don't think Eric Roberts listens to this podcast, so I could go ahead and say. We've <laughs> we've we've hit the bottom when it comes to good Eric Roberts movies. There's wow. There's hardcore. No, there's nowhere left to man, go. Man, what if Eric Roberts does listen to this? That would be so There's wild. almost no way that he yeah, there's definitely zero chance. Besides, that he even to if it. he did, my feeling about that would be 
hey, Eric Roberts, I've already covered a lot of your movies. <laughs> so trust me when I say Eric Roberts is a great actor who no longer gets as much good work as I would like. Oh, wow. Occasionally, yeah. though. We have watched a few newer things that have been good. Yeah. But for the most part, newer stuff, you know, he's got to pay the bills, but that doesn't make the movies good. Right, right, right. So uh, that's about it for me. That's my whacking on track. But we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about primarily about the 1987 film, Summer School. Yes. Um, Mark Harmon. Yeah, Mark Harmon. Summer School is so good. Uh, and then in context, we're going to also be talking a little bit about... Um, the Book 2019 Smart. movie Booksmart. Yeah, sort of r- relating to two summary movies. Yes. End of school movies. Oh, together. I love it. I love it. All right. Uh, we'll be right back. We are back. Hello. So uh, one of the movies that we had opted to discuss for today is called Summer School from 1987. And uh, the other movie that we're going to talk about is Booksmart, which came out this year. And this is our summer end of school. School's out for the summer. That's a song Jacob School's out by Alice Cooper. No, are you really going to put that in? In the middle. All right. That's fine. No, no, no. Put it in the beginning. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. because No, 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 no. We should put a Donna song on there. A what? The Donnas. Oh yeah. Their version of uh, dancing and the dancing with myself is so good. Why don't we put that in the middle? Okay, I put that on uh, my playlist that I put out. My summer pop fun, mm-hmm. whatever. It's a good song. Good song. But um, yeah. So we're talking about s- end of school summer movies. Super good. Um, yeah. yeah. So let's start with this. I mean, summer school is a classic. Right. When do you when do you remember first seeing summer school? Uh, I think I saw it when it came out. <laughs> It Did was. You? I Did was you really. I was definitely. Uh, it came out in like '87, so I was like going into sixth grade, and I remember being psyched on horror movies in sixth grade, mm-hmm. and 
uh, this was one of those movies, like, after that summer break that I was like, oh, man, there's this movie. It's not a horror movie, but there's horror stuff in it, and it's great, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's what I remember. I remember it being, like, the, the movie that summer. And then, like, it's one of those movies I came back to, like, later when I was in college. And uh, one summer, or a couple summers, actually, when I was in college, I, I stayed and was an RA in, like, uh, the dorms for corporate stuff because like corporations would rent out like the dorms at, at the school that I was at and like you know they needed staff there so I was that guy and uh, I remember watching it a lot that one summer that I did the corporate thing there it's and so uh, it it definitely still resonated with me in a way that it did the first time I saw it so I love this movie I was so psyched that you picked it y'all actually. I mean so I have to say this movie is on my mind because of Justin Miller. Uh, who I run rough cut with, and that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> but uh, I will say it is. Did it one did it affect you because uh, recently you've been substitute teaching in East? No, 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 like no. So here's the thing with summer school. Um, it is one of those movies from my childhood yeah. that I've, you know, I didn't see it in theaters or anything like that, but I have watched it probably fifty times. Yeah, um, maybe not all the way through, but I've I've viewed more than a few minutes of it. Many, many times. (laughs) And I've watched it all the way through at least five times. At least five times. Five times, man. At least. Just counting since when I first saw it on cable (laughs) when I was a kid. It's one of those movies that like, I used to um, house it slash babysit slash dog sit for a friend of my mom's. They had cable. It's one of those movies I'd see it on cable and be like, I'm going to watch this. Even though this is what's crazy about this movie, though. I can't remember another movie like this that I watched so much of. That didn't have nudity in it. <laughs> like usually, you know, this yeah, sort of like goofy teen comedy is I, like I would have been like, like, yo, yeah, there's probably boobs in this. Yeah, and I, yeah, yeah. I've known since the first viewing, no nudity in this movie. In fact, I would go so far as to say this movie is almost sanitized compared to other eighties teen movies. movies. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet it's always been charming to me. I've always thought it was funny. Oh, I mean, man. Part Dude, of the appeal. I had a huge crush on Courtney Thorn Courtney Thorne Smith because she of this is movie. So hot in this she movie. She's so adorable in this movie. And oh it's like God. one of those things that when I first saw it, I was like, I think I like blonde ladies. Let's let's go yeah. ahead and talk about this cast. So we've got Mark Harmon. Who for the longest time I thought was Mark Hamill. <laughs> what? <laughs> you are no true Star Wars that, fan. Well, that was when I was a kid. I was like, Yeah, Mark Hamill. He's the same guy from uh, I thought. I thought that same white guy was Mark Hamill, Mark Harmon, and Scott Bakula. I thought it was all the same person. Because, like I said, I was a really smart sixth grader. Mark Harmon, who <laughs> is the main uh, teacher, Freddie Shoop. Yeah. He's like a party-time teacher. He's a good dude, but he definitely doesn't take his job seriously. Yeah, he definitely is a gym teacher in California. Then there's Kirstie Alley, who becomes his like love interest when his yeah. girlfriend leaves him to go to Hawaii, basically. Because <laughs> he gets trapped into teaching summer school. And then the kids, you know, as you mentioned, Courtney Thorne Smith is this sort of like advanced for her age surfer girl who, yeah. who you know, wants to bang the teacher. Uh, Dean Cameron and Gary Riley. Yeah. So these are the characters, even though they're kind of assholes, honestly. Yeah. They're the reason I like this movie. Yeah, me too. Me too, for sure. Because I was a horror nerd. Right. And these were two horror nerds. Well, not only were they horror nerds, there were people that like did makeup in their classrooms. Right. I was like, yo, that shit is so cool. Dean Cameron as uh, Francis Chainsaw Gremp. <laughs> uh, I like Chainsaw. the character Chainsaw. You may know him from such movies as... Uh, he oh, did wow. voice He was stuff, in Straight Outta Compton. Oh. Uh, some Kind of Joke, Deep With Me... 
I thought there was other stuff he was more well known for, though. I'm just looking at his IMDb right I now. I think he voiced like a bunch of like animated movies, didn't he? Didn't he do like? Well, he does a lot of voices. He's on if if anyone else is obsessed with the show We Bear Bears, he's a regular voice actor on that. Nice, we love that show um, here at Cinepunks. What else? He's done a few like side things too, and some kids sh- movies as well. But Gary Riley uh, was in Stand by Me. Yeah. So that's kind of a big deal. If you care about that, I do. Uh, he was also in the movie Fear. Wait, in Stand By Me, he was he was the dead kid. He was Ray Bowers. Hold on, I'm going back. Uh, no, Charlie Hogan. Charlie Hogan, one of the bad kids, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I can picture it now. No, wait, wasn't Charlie Hogan the? Was he in the vomit scene? I forget which one was Charlie Hogan actually. Not sure. I You're at like eighty sure. percent. Give, give like me a percent. Seventy-five percent that he was one of the bad guys. Okay, seventy-five percent. I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. Here's the thing: they're really charming in this movie. They're yeah. they're jerks, but never in a way that's like annoying. You're never like, I fucking hate these guys. They're like, no. ah, it's funny. They're just like the way you don't like shithead teenagers in your family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the I love them. I love the uh, stripper guy who's always asleep. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Really funny. Yeah, the football dude who ends up falling for the pregnant girl. Or uh, what's her name? Uh, she some she was in the remake of uh Carnival of Souls. The uh, Shawnee Smith. Shawnee Smith. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. She was also you might know her from 1988's The Blob. Oh yeah, and she was in the Saw Saw's 2 through 6. Wow. It's a big not big sh- saw run. Uh, Ken well Ol- known in the Saw world. Ken Olant plays uh, the stripper kid. He uh, I, that sounds awful, but he really is a kid who's a stripper. Yeah. Uh, he was in Leprechaun as well as Star Trek: Next Generation and Maximum Velocity. Uh, but <laughs> one of the ones I definitely want to mention was Kelly Jo Minter, who plays Denise Green. Uh, you might know her from A Night Run Elm Street Five, yes. as well as, and this is to me the most important of these. The people under the stairs. Oh She's man, Ruby and yeah. the people on the stairs. Great. She movie. was also in Lost Boys, but I don't really remember her character that much. I think she was just like a like. Mar- it just says Maria. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. I think she was one of the friends. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, but I, you know, I definitely remember her from people on, under the stairs. Yeah, she uh, is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and you know, there's a few other sort of charming people. You know, so for the, I don't know why. First of all. If you haven't seen this movie, stop the fucking yeah, podcast. What go, are you doing? If you haven't seen this movie, you must not be into fun. Well, well, let's just go ahead and say this is a movie that it has all the markers of a certain kind of teen comedy, which is like uh, we have a slacker adult. He's got to help these slacker kids achieve. The, the kids yeah. are all not performing in school for various reasons. Some there's maybe a nerd, more, <laughs> more, maybe more legit than others. Uh, and so they're in this program. They, they haven't failed school, but they didn't do well enough on the placement exam. So they need to retake the placement exam, and he's supposed to help them. Yeah. Uh, and he sort of, you know, uh, he's he's not totally irresponsible, but he's not totally responsible either. He hasn't quite grown up. Right. Meanwhile, uh, Kirstie Alley is this, like, really responsible teacher who's still, like, sexy and fun, but yeah, she's, like, she's really like good like, in job. the classroom next door. And the vice principal, who's sort of in charge of him, is clearly a Republican. Yeah, uh, he wears a necktie. He and hates plaid poor suit. people. Yeah. Uh, he does nothing but talk about how these kids are losers. Yeah, no they're future. a waste of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, it's like it's a good trope. It's a good trope. But it's sure. the stand- he's basically, like, a preppy kid in another... You know what I mean? He's, like, the yeah. prep, you know? Um and so the you know the movie's basically they're stuck in summer school and at first he doesn't take it seriously, and then after a while it becomes clear that his job is now going to be judged upon their performance. Yeah. So he so, so the vice principal ends up dangling his tenure in front of his eyes and yep. is like, if you don't get these kids through the summer school, 
uh, you're going to not get, I'm not going to grant you tenure and I need to have a signature on the line for you to get that job, so on and so forth. And but this is the thing though. A lot of 80s teen comedies, right. to me, uh, they are awash in sex and drugs and alcohol. Right, right. They're and weird projections of adult, like... Well, and this is the problem when they're totally awash in sex because they're teen comedies. So even though you're aware that all the actors are actually in their 20s... Yeah. You're in still this movie, shown the football player looks like he's a 30-year-old. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> he's got but these the, gigantic but, eyebrows. But we still, as a culture, just decided that fuck movies with people pretending to be underage were totally cool. Yeah. And even adults fucking kids. And, like... I think as a as a as an adult in 2019, when you're watching this movie, there's one of the students, uh, honestly the most attractive actress in the film, <laughs> comes onto the teacher, and in 2019 on 2019 standards, you're thinking, oh man, Whoa, if, this he, is insane. if he if he goes for this, he's a monster. Yeah, and I, it's not that I don't agree with that. What I'm saying is the 80s were full of plots where adults fuck children. Right now. I don't know that they considered, maybe at the time they were all convinced themselves that teenagers are children. And they're not children in the most obvious pedophilic sense. Like, they have sex characteristics. Right. But they're well, still... one of the characters, Shawnee Smith is pregnant in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, 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 but the thing is, if this were... What I'm trying to say is, if this were a different kind of movie, he would have sex with that girl. Right. He would just do it because that happened all the time. There were major films where like 40-year-old men slept with teenagers. Yeah. That was like a common theme in the 80s and it's fucking disgusting. It's so gross. the fact yeah. that this movie as soon as she comes on to him he's like, "Oh no. That's yeah, not yeah, going to yeah. happen. I'm not into that. There's no part of that that's even a temptation. Uh-huh. No thank you." That already sets this morally speaking a mile above most <laughs> 80s movies then the fact that the movie has a certain amount of flirting and sexiness but there's no nudity yeah and even the partying is like comparatively relaxed it's a film there is a couch that gets set on fire so it's those furniture enthusiasts listening to the show be forewarned it's true but it, it, it's couch not, carnage it's in not this movie. so fucking over the top no it's it, not in other words it manages to have a fun goofy feel without being so unrealistic because the reality is no teenagers were having parties like the parties in 80s movies. Right, right, right. In fact, humans don't have parties. Like, <laughs> no one's party is as cool as a party in an 80s yeah, movie. Yeah, in 80s movies, they're dancing. Have you ever been to a party where people are dancing? What the fuck is that? That's, <laughs> a, that's not a thing, right? That's not real. It's just in the movies. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, and it's funny, too. There's scenes of roller skating in this movie. Yep. And uh, it's, it's just one of those... Like, for me, it's probably the quintessential summer movie. I sure. saw this movie a billion times, and it always made me think of, like, end of school, watch summer school. Sure. And uh, Whitewater Rafting with Kevin Bacon. Have you ever oh, seen that movie? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes. those are, like, the two, like, these are, this is what it feels like to be bored. Right. I haven't been bored in, like, 20 years, maybe. And when I watch these movies, it just reminds me of being at my parents' house, you know, where they had HBO, and it was, like, the dog days of summer, like, end of August, like... Yeah, and Summer School like, is oh, definitely man. a movie where uh, there's some part of you that's thinking, is there something better I could be doing with my time right now? <laughs> but then <laughs> when it's over, you think, no, that was good. I'm glad I watched that. Yeah, like, yeah, That yeah, was yeah. my experience in the summer is like, I'm going to finish this movie. And then some part of me is either going to be sad because I should have been swimming or riding my bike. Right, right, Or right. I'm going to be happy that I watched it. And Summer School is utterly satisfying, even as it's, it's corny. It's a little bit yeah, cornball. It, it for sure is. It's like, and it's also one of those weird movies that conflates the notion of being a teacher with being like a social worker. You know what I mean? Like he's taking on. But here's the thing: the does ills. it conf- does it conflate it? I here's my argument: 
the aspect of this movie in which he acts like a social worker right. is actually predictive of a thing that we're in now, which is teachers feel like they should be social workers, and the only reason they're not is because they don't want to get sued. Right. Like, that right, teachers right. wish they could do the sorts of things he does in this movie. Yeah. Now, the difference, of course, is that some of the students aren't actually needy. They're just assholes. Like, yeah. the, the, the point the of the movie... The difference is that this is the 80s in Southern California. Well, so. th- th- there is no direct acknowledgement of class, unfortunately. I think the movie would be better if there was. Uh-huh. But, it, it, you know, this is... Let me just put it this way. For 1987, <laughs> this movie is woke. Right, right. In right. the sense that we have one uh, black character. Yeah. He says, I don't belong here. Uh, the test was wrong. Uh-huh. He disappears. He shows up the day before. He should fail the test. My man is the only one who got in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Therefore, it's like, you know, they, no, they That's do. actually one of the funniest lines of the movie because, like, they're doing a review because everybody ends up failing except for, like, a few people. Yeah. And <laughs> so they get the test results and they're all being talking in front of the principal and the vice principal who's trying to fire this guy or trying to fire Mark Harmon. And he's and they're like, wow, is that the highest grade on the test? He's like, no, nah, the guy who was in the bathroom for six weeks got a ninety-one. Yeah, but th- that, it's but the funniest line in the movie. But what's to, what's what's so interesting to me about that, though, in comparison to other eighties movies, is in an eighties movie that a lot of times that wouldn't be the joke. I mean, right. they do play at first. They play with your expectations, which is that he's big and scary. In every eighties yeah, yeah, movie, yeah. that's why uh, black characters exist, right? To be either be funny. Or to well, be scary. scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this dude, at first I was like, oh man, here we go. The scary big black character. Yeah. And he's going to be, you know, whatever, some stereotype from the time. Only he's not. He's just funny. And it turns out he's the only student who's good. <laughs> he's, a, he's, <laughs> he's the only good student in the whole class. For sure. It's definitely one of the funnier parts of the movie, his yeah. character. But even it's, like the other students, like, like I think this is like partly where the movie goes is that like, um, you know, there it doesn't, uh, it doesn't play off any sort of negative view of any of these kids you know even like the weirdo horror kids uh you know they're they're kind of losers in a certain sense but they're not like bad kids they don't do anything like obviously wrong you know right 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 um and even the other students like the there's a hispanic student and who doesn't do well and you think like oh she's probably from a bad household yeah no, no. she's dyslexic it turns out actually <laughs> yeah. she has a learning disability disability that That's no one's picked up unaddressed on addressed up until this point yeah, yeah it's actually the school system that sucks in fact <laughs> the whole thing you get is that even loser teacher guy like yeah. mark Harmon, is a slacker jerk who is right. not a real adult who doesn't even have he's eating peanut butter off his fingers because he doesn't have bread because yeah. he doesn't have bread also another amazing scene in the movie yeah, it's so good but on the other hand after a while, it's like, well, you feel like the school system doesn't actually want him to be a good teacher. Yeah, and so it's like, of course, you feel he like, can slack oh, and off. it's all personified through the an- the anti uh, the the antagonist in the movie, which yeah, is the, the vice, vice principal, principal yeah, guy, yeah. and he's like very much of the like you know Republican cloth, like the weird white dude that wears suits in the summer, yes. and like you know so on and so forth, and so you get that this notion of like otherness. Right. Right. It's like, uh, it's like, uh, but see, and that's the other thing that's actually weirdly masterful about this movie. Like, there's a scene at the end. So, what ends up happening in the movie is Mark Harmon, like, recognizes that his job is uh, impending, is, is, is 
predicated on whether or not these kids can pass right. this test. And so he bribes So them. he bribes them. And he's like, whatever you, you guys want, like, I'll see if I can accommodate and make it happen. Uh, in exchange, you guys got to give me a little more elbow grease and you got to give me a little more effort and see if we can pass this test. So, you know, they're asking for stuff like, oh, we need a ride to our job. Like, we want to have a party at your house. Yeah, 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 yeah. These kinds of things. And uh, it, it's like, you know, the class stuff notwithstanding, like in its obvious omission, it's definitely this idea of like a rebelliousness against an establishment. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. But he also realizes how limited. So you could take that plot as actually an argument for capitalism. In right. That it's right, like right. if these students were actually given obvious real world benefits to their work, then they would work harder. Only it's not true. They try to abuse the system, basically, yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's not about them. But he realizes the limitation of that, and he is like, look, uh, I've already gone way out of my way for you. Yeah. This has to, at some level, be about you, or I'm fucking out. And yeah, they realize yeah, yeah. no one... The thing about it is, even though it's probably not a great idea to say, I'll let you have a party at my house if you try harder. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Those are That's a bad idea. But what he's done, though, is care to some level, even if it was partly for self-interest. Right. It right, wasn't right. only for self-interest because he could just get another job. Fuck this job. <laughs> he sees value in them where no one else has. Yeah. No one's bothered. And even if what he's doing is wrong, he's doing it for the right reasons. And when it becomes a problem, he realizes that it's wrong. And the students just end up being like, We'd rather be with this dude. Like they, they see value in what he's doing. Yeah. Even as they have to be like, okay, you don't have to buy me a fucking car or some shit. You know right, what I mean? Right, right, right. Um, and that way the movie, even with all its weirdness and sex jokes, and I love the horror nerds just keep staging these fake murders and shit, <laughs> all that stuff, it is actually like a very sort of like uh traditional kind of movie and it's like yeah. yeah like if anyone cared about these fucking kids maybe they would do okay yeah. even if the yeah. movie then doesn't do and this is the other thing that sets it apart from every other 80s movies the kids end up inspired by him busting their ass and they, still and they fail. mostly fail yeah 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 because you can't solve this problem i mean that's the other thing is that the movie doesn't say yeah one good summer with one good <laughs> white dude teacher is every student change the trajectory of these lives nah dog yeah but yeah they that all do a little bit the strong yeah. that's true they <laughs> all do a little bit better though yeah 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 and it's well like you know i i do think when they remade this movie as a um as a stand and deliver i right. just thought that new tone was a little bit darker yeah, am I right? Stand Edward and deliver. James. Was that right? You have Edward James almost as the teacher in there. Come on, that that shit yeah, was bound true. to be dark. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. LDP <laughs> in there as a as a vato. Yo, that's Love the LDP. shit. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah summer. I mean, it, it, it's somehow manages to still be all the goofy, ridiculous fun you want from a summer eighties movie. And it ends on such like a high note. It ends on like yeah. a from here to eternity kiss with Kirstie Alley and yeah. Mark Harmon. And like then the dog finds his like lost toy that Mark threw into the water. Yeah. It's great. It's such a fun, feel good movie. And if you're worried it's too positive about white people, he does tongue kiss his dog at the end. He does do that. that they're yeah. animals. That white people do this kind of thing. And I'm okay with it. I'm just saying it's a thing that happens. I, I really thought it was so funny that uh, the whole time I'm like, this is a really positive, upbeat ending. And then he fucking tongue kisses his dog. <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on right now? They're ending on such a dark note. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. It sounds like I'm joking, but he really does kiss his yeah, dog. Yeah, no, no. He's there's like tongue on dog tongue it's action. Really yeah, yeah, gross. it's really weird. Uh, uh, that being said, even the first time I saw it, I was like, yo, that ain't right, right? Like, that's wrong. Like, it was one of those moments when, I, when it happened. I was like, no way. 
That's not happening, is it? Here's the deal. Skywalker. Here's the deal. I didn't mind. I didn't mind kissing my dog until I realized my dog ate its own shit. <laughs> and then I was like, oh wait, that's that's an end to that practice. Right, right. I was like, oh, dogs are cute. What's the problem here? And then I'm like, oh wait, she consumes her own fecal matter. Yeah, no, probably, oh wait, that's not I a should thing. probably rethink. Yeah, my I get, that you, I get that you love your dog, but let's be for real about what your dog does. Anyways. Unbelievable. So yeah, I, I this movie for me, it's Fun and good. I mean, it's not deep movie. I'm, no, I'm, I'm for giving sure you it's not. Yeah. some deeper thought about it. But o- the only reason I'm even thinking about this stuff is not because the movie's deep, but because there are so many 80s comedies that I have just as much nostalgia for that I rewatch, and they're fucking rape fantasies. Or really? like, what's the last time you watched uh, uh, Revenge of the Nerds? I have not watched it in a very long time. I he, mean, he and I know, he yeah, basically yeah, yeah, rapes a girl at the end. And then she liked it, so it's cool. Yeah, it's you know what weird. I mean. Or yeah. uh, here's an obvious one: that fucking movie Zapped. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, Charles in Charge gets magical powers, which he uses exclusively to see titties. Yeah, that's like the whole movie. It's it's, it's weird. There, man. There's it's again, it's not every '80s comedy. Obviously, there are some that stand out over the test of time. But there's a lot that I watched on cable as a kid. And granted. I'll admit that some of these movies I rewatched because of hope of nudity. Like, you know, <laughs> I get that, like, even my motivations at the time were horny and hetero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was a, I was a horny hetero child, <laughs> and I will own it. <laughs> but the point is, is that uh, they didn't have anything else. They were just gross. That, just vehicles Summer for that. Summer school yeah. on rewatch, and it, this isn't the first time I've rewatched it since I was a kid, um, but I knew going in because I had watched it a couple times, is like, there's a couple of things that are a little like, well, you know, it's the 80s, whatever. Yeah. But there's so a lot of fewer. I mean, there's no gay panic jokes, which sets it apart from probably <laughs> most of the movies made in 1987. Yeah, yeah. There's for no sure. anxiety about that whatsoever. There's, um, a, there's a lot of floral prints. It, it's pretty fun in terms of like yeah. the, the just the look of the movie. I, I mean, really love the way everyone's you like. Ju- you were just in L.A. How L.A. is this movie? It's so L.A. <laughs> it's such an L.A. movie. It's super fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely, as a kid watching this movie, thought, man, going to school in California seems so much cooler I know, it's like, than going dude, to school here. Just a teacher that knows like the terminology for surfing. That's cool. Yeah. 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 Missy Seneca didn't the, know the any idea of that, that shit. The idea that if I played hooky from summer school, I would have to then find a ride an hour and a half to get to the beach <laughs> that doesn't have fucking waves. Waves anyway. to surf on. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. I never learned how to surf. But uh, yeah, no, this movie definitely, it seems like it's different from the other high school movies of the time in that, like, it's California, right? Like, for me, I think of, of course, The Breakfast Club. I think of, like, those, like, John Hughes movies and stuff yeah. where, like, those high Chicago. Are, yeah, Chicago. And, and, like, you know, it's it's fine, but, like, it's just funny to see, like, Courtney Thorne Smith coming, getting caught by truancy yep. police. Yep. And being brought back to school in, like, a body gloves, surfer outfit and yep. stuff. It's just uh, no shoes. I always thought that was weird. Like, who wants to go into a school with no shoes on, just barefoot? That's wild. Again, California. California, man. That's the only thing. Uh, yeah. You always know a movie is a California movie because the lockers are always outside. Yeah, yeah. I remember true. seeing stuff like that, or uh, you know, uh, when we watched that fucking. Uh, oh, Revenge and. Uh, yeah, what was the other one though? I'm uh, thinking of the other one, not Revenge. Ah, uh, shit! I can't. It's but it has. Tongue. Yeah, it has. What's outside the name lockers? It? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, the, even the, the, the karate even, movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Even the cafeteria is outside. Yeah. There's yeah. like a barely a roof over the cafeteria, and I'm like, <laughs> California like, is wild. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. So wild. It's like, man, it's like Hawaii, but like more white people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good, so good. But uh, summer school is super fun. It's one of those like movies that is definitely like 
oh man, it's not like the movie that I saw that made me feel like I care about movies, but it was a movie that I saw that was like, man, how is everybody not seeing this movie? You know well, what I mean? Let me let me put this to you though. I keep describing it as a teen movie, but the more I think about it, I mean, only really one character has an as a full arc in this movie, and that's Mark Harmon. Yeah. To what for extent sure. is this a movie? Despite it being marketed as like a fun teen film, it, to what extent is this a movie about the later end of baby boomers who haven't grown up? I mean, he's also... Or is he early Gen X? He's early Gen X. He's also a gym teacher in the movie. You know what I mean? It's like... But it's not just his employment. He is not grown up to... His house is like a, a uh, total bachelor pad. Yeah. Like the, the, the movie's to some extent about how he's not an adult and how he's adult enough to recognize that these kids need something, uh-huh. but it takes him a while to feel like he's the one who should give it to them. Right, right. You know what right, I mean? Right, like he, right. at first, he's just kind of like, I just want to eat an apple and read a book. Yeah. Like that's what I want to do in class today. <laughs> and I don't want to teach anything. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, so to some extent, it's it's a different movie than you think it is because even with all these fun kids and all the stuff that they go through, it's more about him becoming an adult. He's 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 it's the true. one coming of age as a 30-year-old. Yeah, it's funny because it's him coming of age as a 30-year-old even though it feels as though the focus is on the kids for the whole movie, but he's the only person that you truly follow. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you get to know the kids just enough to understand a little bit of their character, Yeah, but it's about him becoming a different person to some extent yeah and then impacting their lives and it, it's you know like for example chainsaw and what's his name they don't really change at all no but it doesn't matter because they're so fun <laughs> I, I mean just the fact here's Even I will, they I, look old though when i was watching yeah. i was like yo these guys look old as fuck yo let me say this <laughs> there's no way that a balding kid is in high school let, let, me, let me say this i will say when i posted about this movie a number of people responded that this movie screwed them up in the Why? Sense, uh, this movie has serious gore in it, like yeah, it no does. joke gore. Yeah, uh, and it shows a little bit from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? Because the kids are watching. It's one of his gifts to them is they're watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre in the classroom. In the classroom, on yeah. Sixteen millimeter, which is great. By Pretty the way. awesome, yeah. Uh, but I, I uh, someone on Twitter specifically said, you know, they had never seen a horror movie when they saw this movie. Oh, and they watched this movie. This is their intro to horror movies. In a way, because it had that Texas, and they said like for a while afterwards that just that little bit of Texas Chainsaw upset them. Oh, my goodness. They were like, Because, oh yeah, I mean, they do show movie, what's yeah. his name getting run over by the truck. That's yeah, no they jo- show Leatherface cutting himself with the chainsaw Yeah, if you've leg. never seen anything like that, I could see it actually be upsetting to you. Jeez so let me go ahead Christ. and say, for the few, I don't know who you are, but if anyone is listening to this podcast who is not into horror and is not into gore, it might be worth knowing that this there is mostly <laughs> upbeat, mostly fun <laughs> summer movie also has some serious gore sequences in it. They, they, they basically scare away one of their subs by recreating a murder scene in the classroom. And there's a, <laughs> an homage to Day of the Dead when the guy leans up and the guts fall out. Yeah. Again, yeah, yeah. I assume most of you have seen the movie, but if for some reason you haven't seen it, you should know there's a gore sequence <laughs> that's pretty no holds barred gore sequence. It's it's not again. I don't think it's upsetting, but I could see someone if you aren't into that sort of thing being like, "Well, I didn't need that. <laughs> that wasn't a thing I required." In yeah, my that's life. definitely like going into it. That was like the one scene that I like remembered loving, loving, loving. As oh a yeah, kid. yeah. I was like, "Oh shit, this part is great." I, I also know. remember those two dudes being more punk rock. 
And they're only punk rock in the sense of they don't know how to dress themselves. Yeah, that they just wear a lot of leopard print. It's weird. Yeah, I'm okay with there's it. There's a beret involved. <laughs> that happens to be leopard print. Yeah, yeah I'm into it. A I'm dangly earring. I think there's a dangly. <laughs> there's definitely, they're definitely a dangly earring. They're definitely there. dangly earring punk. If I was going <laughs> to relate them to a band, it would be Hank Wood and the Hammerhead. Right. There you go. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe Lumpy and the Dumpers. Uh, yeah. Okay. I could see that. Maybe TSOL, like that kind of weird. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to actual stuff. I'm, I know, I'm just making California fun. Stuff. I'm just making fun. What? So, uh, <laughs> I, I think Lumpy and the Dumpsters. <laughs> yeah. He was like Lumpy and the Dumpers. <laughs> I think it's Dumpers, not Dumpsters. Oh, I think it's wow. Lumpy and the Dumpers. You've never heard that band? No. Oh, man. Why hey, would y'all. I listen to a band called Lumpy and the Check Dumpsters? Check out Lumpy and the Dumpers. <laughs> If it was dumpsters, it'd be so less offensive, but it's Lumpy and the Dumpers. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm still not going to listen to it, regardless of their name. Anyway, let's let's keep going. Let's let's connect this to a uh, contemporary film. Right. Booksmart. What did you think of Booksmart? I loved Booksmart. It's so much fucking fun. It's though. so hilarious. It's definitely a pre-summer movie as opposed yeah. to a summer movie. It is a graduation night movie. But it's still For those of functions. you who haven't seen it, this movie, Booksmart, just recently came out. Yeah. Uh, so, Caitlin Deaver... And uh, Beanie uh, Feldstein, who, by the way, is related to Jonah uh, Hill, Jonah right? Hill. That's Jonah Hill's sister. Uh, they're the main uh, actors in the film. They play the uh, Amy and Molly, who are our main characters. There's also appearances from Jason Sudeikis, Jessica Williams, Jason Sudeikis is so Lisa good Kudrow, movie. Will Forte, <laughs> uh, Victoria Ruzga, who plays um, the love interest of one of our characters. I thought I had seen her in other stuff, but her IMDb is lacking other credits. Uh, Mason Gooding, Skylar Gasondo, Diane Silvers, Molly Gordon. Uh, I have to specifically p- bring up Billy Lord, who plays Gigi. Oh, yeah. She yeah, fucking yeah. steals every scene that she's Dude, in. Dude, she's so funny. The only thing I would say is almost a criticism is that one of the conceits is that, you know, so the movie's about these two nerds who have avoided having fun their entire who have avoided career. their entire high school career's social aspect in order to get into in order to get into good schools good schools yes and what they discover is that all of their party loving goofy fun counterparts, counterparts that they never were really friends with yeah they all got into good schools too yeah for the yeah, most yeah. part i mean we don't know for sure but they seem to have yes and so the issue is that um the movie sort of explores the idea that in reality these girls have basically rejected everyone before they could reject them. That they've just right. decided we're not going to fit, so we should just not be social at all and just work on getting into Yale. And, and here's yeah. the night before graduation, they're like, "Shit, we were wrong. We should have been having fun this whole time." Yeah. So uh, there is, uh, you know, a group of cool people. They're not like mean girls. They actually turn out to be mostly cool in the real world sense, not just that they're popular. But there are a couple other people who are not nerds, but are also not as uh they're a little bit on the outside too right um one is you know i forget his name but he's pretty good but he has a best friend named Gigi, yeah pil- played by billy lord um she's so good and the only part about her performance that almost didn't work for me is that the idea here is that they're weirded out by her like she's they don't want to be around her because she's so crazy and for me every time she's on screen i think why don't you want to hang out with this woman? She's clearly <laughs> insane and fun. And That's who you should more wa- fun than everybody She's else. She's having more fun than everyone around her all the time. She what? Okay. So, anyways, the point is, 
it is a it is a one night you know those one crazy night sort of movies yeah you know? it's after it's so think after hours sort of movie you know it's yeah. like we're gonna go out we're gonna have this one you know or like Harold Kumar or whatever you know we're gonna go out and have this one good time this is their chance to like make up for their lack of partying and what I love about the movie which I I got the feeling that some people didn't like this or it didn't work for them uh-huh. what I love about the movie is that um there are no bad guys this isn't a film about how our main characters are cool and everyone else are jerks who yeah. oppress them. That's not this movie at all. It even handles things like heartache and like, yep. you know, failed romantic expectations in such yep. a way that there is no bad guy. You know what I mean? There's no, no, it's like just about, you know, uh, the, the it's difficult for everyone. Everyone's figuring it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's like the subtlety that sets us apart, I feel, from other coming of age, one night stand, yeah, like yeah, rock yeah, and roll, yeah, yeah, like yeah, we're yeah, going to yeah. go do drugs and like have a party, like movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that like... It's this is not Can't Hardly Wait. No, no, for sure. This is more like... And I, I think it's also because it's like Olivia Wilde directing and it's her yep. first feature debut, you know yep. what I mean? Like, there's like a weird attention to um, just the fact that everybody's kind of in the same boat in this Right, movie. right. And um, it, it's very effective. I think it's really, it's really honest. It's one of those movies that I saw that made me think of uh, just how difficult it is to be a teenager in 2019. Yeah, 100%. And uh, There's so much pressure. I mean, here's the thing. When you're watching summer school, bad guys clearly this vice principal, yeah, who refers to all these kids as losers, right? But if you were to apply 2019 economic logic to these children, there's no, it's like they are fucking, lo- they're not going to get jobs, they're not yeah. going to get into college, they're they're they have no future. And in 1987, people were watching this movie going, oh, it's fine, they're good kids, <laughs> be mechanics or something, it's okay. Like it, it, it's not desperate. Whereas like in Booksmart, even though it's upbeat. When you see their anxiety, you're like, "Yeah, I get it." Yeah. If you don't get into Yale, what are you what are you going to do with your life? Like that, things Dude, really are even tough. Even the fact that Jason Sudeikis, who plays one of the vice principals in yep. the movie, ends up being their Uber driver for the, one the of the pr- part of the night. The principal, yeah, 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 is fucking an Uber driver to pay his bills, and it's like one of those weirdly bleak economic outlooks that's integrated into this upbeat teen movie. It's. I will say, someone pointed out, and I think it's fair. That um, on one hand, it is realistic about how tough the future can be, you know, even though that's not the point of the movie that's there. Yeah. On the other hand, these are all rich kids based upon where they're at and, and the resources the they, have. That they have. Yeah, these yeah. are definitely rich kids, and there's no these the the movie isn't interested in, in in these kids interacting with kids who are not also rich. However, I don't think that matters because that's not what it's about. So I, here's the thing with Booksmart: I think uh, people don't realize that it's such a brilliant combination in my mind of touching and funny yes it somehow manages to be fucking off the wall like outrageous funny like how is this fucking happening funny but still have actual characters who exist in the world who grow and change and who you care about and who you are pulling for Mm -hmm. um that is not a thing many movies do i mean i feel like comedy in 2019, in movies, is not always great. That there's a lot of shit-tastic comedies. A out. lot of amazing comedies come out though recently, like Game Night, like movies like that. Like I think this is better. Okay, this is this is where I'll come out with y'all, and you can decide what you think. I think this is better than um, a lot of the movies that people have talked about as good comedies recently. Like so, Game Night is a good example. Yeah. 
Uh, Neighbors 2, I would put up. like that. I thought that was really, really yeah, good. I like this better than that. Well, yeah, no, I like this better for sure, but I'm just saying now is a time wherein comedies aren't just relying on weird heteronormative like new well that's true this is this is this is part of that trend i just think this one manages to follow that trend and also be funnier than most of those movies. yeah no i would agree uh i would also put it up there with eighth grade eighth grade's a new transcendent style well that's true but this is what i don't think of eighth grade as a comedy you think it's funny it's a horror movie for sure but it's so fucked up but it's a bo burnham movie yeah he doesn't have to be funny just because he's yeah but it's it's meant to be comedic i think I think there are funny moments. I think, I think much like a movie that you will hear more about in another segment, um, <laughs> uh, I think Eighth Grade is less funny than uh, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, and I think they're equally depressing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying there's no comedic elements. It's definitely funny, but I don't think of it as a comedy in that way. I don't know. Maybe I need to rewatch it and think about it some more. Yeah, revisit it. But I think Booksmart it's is, is, it manages to hit on some really cool themes while still being a traditional comedy. It's not, eighth grade for me is trying to do something else and mm. then it's also funny. Right, right. Whereas Booksmart is just a comedy. It just happens to be a comedy that has like a strong female perspective that has uh, funny but not unrealistic queer characters mm-hmm. who are not the joke. Right. So even as there are, if anything, are, the joke in the movie is the funniness of like the parents trying to be accepting yeah. of like things that aren't like a thing. Oh my god, the whole Lisa Kudrow scene is so good. Well, even the two, there's these two fabulous uh, young gay men. Yeah. And the joke about them is that they're, they're the they're theater kids. nerds. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good. not at no point do you think this is funny because they are gay and they talk funny no 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 it's funny that they're theater losers yeah, that they're you know? fucking their parties their party scene with them in it is them making like a character party where they hand out yeah, roles it's like a murder mystery movie. party oh my god it so is good. so fucking funny it's hilarious i just think i just think the whole thing it moves with a really great speed yeah it moves at a very fast clip it doesn't feel like a whole night's worth of, of uh right. movie right. whereas you know it moves from scene to scene in a very uh like thought out way i feel like the the serial killer scene in the pizza hut with the weird ponytail masks yeah. like that scene is hilarious and it, it comes back at the it's such a good oh my goodness like so well masterfully like orchestrated that when the joke comes back on the on the callback, it's so funny. It's yeah. So I I mean I think the uh, these movies are similar, only in that um, I think these these are kids that are uh, not just the butt of a joke. Right. Even the ridiculous kids in summer school are still like. Uh, you're encouraged to see them as people and understand, you know, mm-hmm. like the, 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 the single note character from most of the movie is the stripper kid who you don't know is a stripper. You just know he sleeps all the time. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, yeah. he's asleep again. He's asleep again. Yeah, he's yeah. Then he it's like a bed in the classroom. Then it's yeah, like, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm a stripper. And like, why shouldn't I be a stripper? Like I get what sex is and I don't see why I shouldn't sell it. It's yeah. actually a weirdly poignant moment. Yeah, where it's like, like weirdly oh, progressively poignant. And oh. like, cause in the, in the scene when, uh, when Mark Harmon finds out that he's a yeah. stripper, he's like, but who? But Shoop, if you knew at seventeen what you know now, what would you do? Yeah, what would you do? And it's like a weird like moment where you're like, yo, that it's a totally like full fledged point. Yeah. So like yeah. to that extent, that's the similarity. I think otherwise these movies are not similar at all. But they are in the sense of like, let's take these kids seriously as people, even if it's not deep. You know, I don't think there's as much depth to summer school as there is to. 
Booksmart, but neither one is a message movie. They just happen to be movies that take the idea of making us laugh a little bit differently. They don't yeah. come at it the way that other movies have done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And calling sure. this movie the way so many people have, they're, oh, it's just uh, it's the female super bad. No, it's so reductive Fuck. to think of it that way. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, not it's even. such a better. I mean, and not and that like trust. I loved super bad. I thought super bad was super fun. I enjoyed sure, it a lot. Sure. Like, it was a good time. Um, but this is a different animal. Well, and I just was so impressed by these two actresses. Uh, yeah, they were so Caitlin good. Caitlin Beaver and Beanie Feldstein are fucking hilarious. They are and they're fucking compelling. hilarious, and their delivery is so yeah. good. It's just the whole thing. Uh, they're they're just their chemistry on screen is so funny, and it feels so natural. You it's know a, what I mean? It's, it's a little bit of a magic trick of a movie that all these different elements for a, a very experienced actress. I respect the, uh, her as an actress very mm. much. This is her first directorial, you know, move. Like, yeah. it's kind of a huge debut if you think about it's it. It's a huge you know? debut that takes a lot of risks that you yeah. wouldn't expect from a first-time director. Yeah, I agree. Or conversely, that you would only expect from a first-time director. Well, that might be true. We might yeah, be, yeah, we yeah. might be, you know, wrong about that. That it's, of course, a first-time director is like, well, I'm just going to do this and yeah. we'll see if it works. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, I mean, you could tell it was uh, raised in the Swanberg camp. Yes. But it doesn't come from that camp no, in particular. No, no, no. You could tell it has like the elements. I, I kind of feel like the the echoes of rea- realism in the movie come from that. Yeah, that's what uh, that that was the thing that came to my mind. Well, and it's something. I it's a movie I think people should pay attention to because um, there are a lot of movies right now trying to address millennial or or whatever's coming after millennial culture yeah and doing it with such a fucking ham-fisted yeah and don't really like know how to do it and this movie thoughtful way this movie like takes these kids seriously mm-hmm. and shows not just the ways that they're funny because they are funny i'm not yeah. trying to say they're not but also like it gives them respect and shows them as people and it doesn't just make fun it doesn't make them the butt of some joke like these fucking kids and their snapchats yeah, oh the their fuck? cell phones snapchat yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, for your average group of 40-year-olds, yeah. of which I will be one next month, Yes, you just have to say the word Snapchat. They'll go, blah, millennial Snapchat. And this movie is not interested in that whatsoever. No, it's not reductive in that way. It, yeah. it, it definitely doesn't do the thing of just being like, you know, kids these days kind of jokey joke. I will say one of my favorite characters that is, he's not fully fleshed out, but he makes me laugh, is the three times left back kid who's like yeah i'm going to work for google <laughs> because it's like you know that slow realization that like there are a few jobs where it's like oh you can program yeah we don't really care about your education yeah actually. here you yeah. go welcome to the team yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. like so stuff like funny. that i i thought that was kind of a funny thing but that scene though when she finds out about that 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 all like the popular kids got into good schools or good jobs is so funny to yes. me. Yes. Yeah. Because like, there's a kid drawing a dick on the wall in like the oh, yeah. non-gender specific bathroom. It's so of the time. It's so of this mm-hmm. age. But also, it's so like just the trope of like mean kids talking shit. Well, and let's be clear, right? These are kids who start off having what you would think is the classic sort of uh, negative high school conversation. Would you hump this person or not? And what they end up discussing is actually she's very attractive. This this non traditionally shaped character, yeah. this not obvious hot girl character, super attractive. She's just a jerk, <laughs> and I wouldn't want to have sex with her because she's a jerk. Yeah, and that in and of itself, you're like, uh, is this how teenagers talk now? <laughs> is this what hap- What's going on with this movie? But it ends up work. That is a sign that this movie is 
And honestly, you know, the few things I've read that were negative, I do kind of wonder if it's people who they just don't want that. They want the old teen movie. Right, they want right. the offensive of a, gay jokes, yeah. and they want mean, popular kids, and they want something that they can uh, connect to their childhood. Right. Not realizing that maybe your ch- a maybe your childhood maybe things was are fucked up. Well, yeah. a maybe things are different now in a significant way, and this movie's reflecting that. But b uh, maybe your memories of your childhood are stupid, <laughs> and actually, all those popular kids, even if they were mean to you, were actual real humans that, yeah, that yeah, like, yeah, yeah, in yeah. a different situation, you might have gotten to know and appreciated, or they right. might have gotten to know and appreciated you, or maybe you were the jerk popular kid and you don't even know it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The 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 thing about it is like, I certainly am not going to judge this based on my memories of my high school experience. Yeah, no, for sure. This is, <laughs> I mean, shit. I don't know what kind of high school career leads to a 41-year-old podcaster, but, you know, hey, here we are. I mean, at least we're not white dudes. (laughs) (laughs) It's the only thing I can lift up when it comes to us pontificating on, uh, you know, 80s summer movies. It's like, hey, at least we're not, A, white dudes, B, (laughs) drinking beer and telling you about it. Right, right, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This plastic cup of water Josh has given me (laughs) is uh, from a special brewery here in town. Yeah, no, it's a micro water brewery. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Okay, whoa, that, that, that took a turn. Um, but yeah, dude, if you haven't seen Booksmart, you definitely need to get on it. It's super fun and it's super funny for reasons that you may or may not be expecting. And, uh, it definitely ends up being a vehicle for which like a lot of introspection and new generations of people can, yeah. can, can give you, you know, plus I mean? these cool. are two movies that are a good way to just get stoked on summer. Yeah, man. Summer rules. I would put these in there. Um, do you have any other stoked on summer movies that you uh, would put out there? Oddly enough, movies like The Goonies, like that yes. makes me think of the summer. Like No, I agree, yeah. Adventures with your, your friends on yeah, bikes, you yeah. know, like super fun movies like that. Uh, it's weird that there's more offensive shit in The Goonies than summer school. This is true. This it's is weird. It's actually upsetting true. to think yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's it's a fact of the matter, wrong. unfortunately. Love Goonies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. What other summer movies do you think of when you think of summertime? Mm. I mean, I don't think about, like, meatballs. I don't think about, like, you know, these movies. Well, because like, of Booksmart. Booksmart makes me think of uh, of uh, Days and Confused. Oh, it's another wow, yeah, okay. I'll give end you that. Of summer, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or end Maybe. of school year into summer movie yeah. a little bit. Uh, man, summer movies. I honestly, this is a Stand be a, by Me is one that this comes might be to a mind. weird one, but yeah, I, I was also gonna say Lost Boys. Yeah, no, for sure, because yeah, like he's moving the new the town. Pier, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, there's probably other ones. We'll have to think about it. Maybe we'll post some on Instagram for y'all. Of, yeah, of a couple of summer, summer movies, movies that we make think us that feel happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I definitely think, of, though, when I think of summer movies, I think of joy. I think of, like, a fun time. Yeah. And I think of a time in my life when movies made the most fun sense. Yeah. Because, like, you know, before... I mean, we've talked about this before, but the, the, the going to the movies after a day in the... Like, you've yeah. been outside swimming or whatever. Or whatever you bikes, do. You, whatever it yeah. is. Also, and then at night, you're like, let's go to a movie. Yeah, or like, you know, you did the things like, you know, you don't have school, so your boys come over and you play cards and stuff. Yeah. You play Uno. It's like, yo, man, like, what do you guys want to do now? And then it's like, yo, yeah, let's we go used watch to, We Batman, used to play yeah. with plastic guns and watch Fatal Beauty. Is that a common <laughs> thing? Hey, send us an email or hit us up on Twitter if you think back to sixth grade the way that I do. Or, yeah. no, this was even fifth grade. And think of the movie Fatal Beauty. Oh, my goodness. Ultra-violent drug movie starring Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> if so that makes good. you think of your childhood. Also, King of New York. Oh, uh, yeah? No? We've talked about that one The before, 1991 though. Batman. 
makes oh, me think yes, about yes. because like, that came out in the summer too, right? God, like, yeah, oh, I wish I could think of more positive. Well, actually, Batman Returns. I did see Batman Returns in yeah. the theater, uh, but also I, my brain initially went to New Jack City. Oh my God, what is wrong with me? <laughs> so good, uh, um, that's amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, straight up, let us know what some of your favorite summer movies are. We're gonna post some of ours. Uh, but this is a good way for us to, I don't know, actually use our social media. That'd be yeah, cool. there you go. Let's do that. Also, other Cinepunks people, let us know. Yeah, well. let us know what, what brings you back to summer movies and, yep. and what summer movies make you think. Yep. Uh, happy thoughts. Hey, thanks for listening. Yep, this is episode 98, done and done. Is Rick. there anything that you're looking forward to, Liam, before we uh, sign off? Hey, uh, I don't know if this will be up in time, but I'm going to be at the Mahoning Drive-In this weekend for Second Chance Weekend, uh, which they'll be showing Howard the Duck and Masters of the Universe. Yay! And I'll be there selling shirts for Rough Cut and Cinepunks as nice. well, and just you know pressing the flesh, so to speak. Oh, I'll also be there at Mahoning for VHS Fest. Nice. Um, I'm sure there's some shows coming up, but I- I'm actually behind. Uh, I'm actually missing a show tonight, unfortunately. <laughs> so anyone at the Fury show, have fun. Get me a T-shirt. Uh, no, it's too late for that. Um, but uh, I know there's a bunch of shows coming up in July that look really good, and I've just they're not on the top of my head. Right. I'm, I'm having trouble keeping up with stuff. I get it, man. I get it. Um, for me, looking forward to uh, Krosky's record is finished being recorded, and we're working on putting it out, so that should be coming out soon. Um, just a bunch of fun events coming up uh, moving forward this summer. And uh, the next Krosky show is going to be August 2nd, but I don't know so much the details about it, but that'll be our first show after recording. Um, other than that, just stoked on summer, y'all. Stoked on summer. If this goes up before, then I'll see you guys at the Jawbox show and at the Hot Water Music show this coming weekend. When is that Jawbox? That Jawbox show Friday. is this weekend? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I really want to go, but I don't know if I can. Dude, you should go. It's going to be dope. Um, yeah. Other than that, episode 98, done and done. Y'all are great. Yep. Talk to you soon. Love you. And smoke bomb. Oh, rate, review, subscribe, post about us on social media, all that stuff. Right. And then smoke bomb. And now smoke bomb. Okay, okay bye. Cool. Bye.